Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mneebauer. That's logos.com slash mneebauer. So if belief in Jesus as Lord and God enables us to enter into a relationship with God, why do Christians still insist on gathering together as a community? Why must one go to church if they are already saved? What is the purpose of the church? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. The ascension of Jesus and the giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost inaugurates the beginning of the church. As we saw last time, the Holy Spirit both bonds believers together and empowers them to tell the world about Jesus. And so the Apostles' Creed continues, after stating a belief in the Holy Spirit, to assert a belief in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. In order to understand the significance of the church, it's important to understand these three key adjectives. What does it mean for the church to be a communion and for the church to be holy and Catholic? Let's start with the word communion. The word communion sums up a whole host of similar words, community, communication, unity, and common. The church is called to be all of these things. And one of the ways in which we can think about the church as a community is to think of it as a kind of spiritual family or household. Think about a family household. It is a place in which the family lives a common life together. They share a house, finances, material possessions. They have to communicate with each other all the time in order to live together and to forgive one another. A household is also united together along common values. So my family, for instance, values hard work. So it's a value that is reinforced in our chores and the way that we tell stories about our hardworking ancestors. Now, one of the main activities of households that have this kind of common life together is the gathering together for a meal. In our culture, this is usually dinner. Everyone drops what they are doing, gathers together, eats a meal, and shares their days with each other. Now, these routine family dinners are, are meals that are both signs that the family shares a bond together, and the meal itself strengthens that bond. We can say that that meal both brings about unity and symbolizes unity. So we can see here that a family household is a kind of communion. It embodies community, unity, it requires communication, and it involves a common life. Now, the church is called to be a spiritual communion, a spiritual family. And so we can use this metaphor of the household family to better understand the church as a spiritual family. The church is called to have a common life together. In the book of Acts, it says that the first Christians held their possessions in common with each other. 
As people became Christians, they began to see how they might share what God has given them with the rest of the church and those in need. They leveraged all that they owned in order to benefit those in their spiritual family. Church members also need to communicate with one another frequently. They are called to share their joys and struggles with each other, as well as forgive each other whenever they have harmed one another. The church is also united together through the Holy Spirit, with Jesus Christ as the head and the pursuit of Jesus as their shared goal. The common values of the church are reinforced regularly through the church's teaching and the telling of stories from the Bible. Now, for families, the sharing of a meal is the most important time of day, and the same goes for the church family. The church unites together each Sunday to have a common meal together, which we call the Eucharist. The Eucharist is supposed to be a shared meal with Jesus at the head of the table. It is here that we are bonded together with Jesus and with each other. It is both a sign of our unity in Jesus, and it actually strengthens this bond together. This is why we call the Eucharist Holy Communion. It is meant to summarize and encapsulate the purpose of the church, which is to be a communion of saintly holy people. To be a part of the church means that we live as a family together, both on Sundays and throughout the week. When we think of church, we can oftentimes only emphasize one of these two things. For some of us, we go to church on Sundays, but we don't develop deep and meaningful relationships with others in the church at any other time. But for others of us, maybe we have some Christian friends, but we don't treat that Sunday gathering as necessary. We treat it as optional. Both of these approaches miss the fullness of life in the church. Jesus calls us to live a common life together, and he desires to knit us together at his dinner table each week. The other words listed in the creed, the words holy and catholic, are related to this understanding of church as communion. The church is holy because it is a church of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit binds us to Jesus and to each other. This doesn't mean that churches or individual Christians are perfect. If you look through any of the New Testament letters, you will find churches full of issues and challenges. We are all works in progress. However, it is through Jesus' death and resurrection that our sins are forgiven, and in a sense, Jesus makes us holy before the Father. Jesus' holiness makes the church holy. This is why all Christians can be called saints. As the creed states, the the word saint doesn't mean a kind of Christian all-star, but instead refers to all those who have professed faith in Christ and are now made saintly. While we share in Jesus' holiness, we are works in progress. The longer we walk with Jesus, the closer we can get to him. As Paul puts it, we are leaving behind our old selves and entering into our new selves. And so as we follow Christ, the Holy Spirit is slowly working with, within us, cleansing us of our old sinful life and drawing us closer to Jesus. So we can say that Jesus makes us holy and that the Holy Spirit is making us holy. It's important to note here that 
Holiness does not simply mean personal holiness. The creed speaks of the holiness of the church, community holiness. What this means is that we are to strive for holiness in our social interactions as well as our personal lives. When we call the church the body of Christ, we can think of it as the embodiment of Christ. We are supposed to embody the person and teachings of Jesus in our interactions with others. So if Jesus says that we should forgive each other, the church needs to be a place that embodies forgiveness. Jesus came to bring good news to the poor, so the church should embody this teaching in their service to the poor and the outcast. The church is not only holy, but also Catholic. The word Catholic doesn't mean Roman Catholic Church, but instead means something like universal or everywhere. It means that anyone can become a Christian by professing their faith in Jesus, and that whenever Christians gather together, no matter who, when, or where, they become the body of Christ together. Jesus says that even when two or three are gathered together in his name, that he is present. This means that a church of six people in some remote village is as fully the body of Christ as the hundreds gathered in Canterbury Cathedral. Wealth, ethnicity, and social status are never barriers to becoming a Christian. To be a part of the Catholic Church means that we are united together with all Christians around the world and throughout history. Now that we understand how the Church is called to be holy and Catholic, a holy and Catholic communion, we can better understand the mission, the purpose of the Church. We can think of Catholicity and holiness as the horizontal and vertical aspects of the church. The mission of the church is to extend this communion to all ends of the earth, thus making it more and more Catholic. In addition, the mission of the church is to establish new churches where people can grow vertically, where they can grow in holiness. So we see Christian mission being first evangelism, the sharing of the message of Christianity with others, combined with church planting, the gathering of new believers together into a worshiping community. Evangelism thus grows the church horizontally, and the gathering of people in new churches helps to grow the church vertically. This mission of extending the church communion to the ends of the earth continues throughout history all the way to the end of history, which will occur when Jesus comes again to judge the living and the dead and bring about everlasting life. And so next time we will conclude our examination of the Apostles' Creed by talking about the end of days. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you share a link to this episode on your preferred social media platform. That would go a really long way in helping other people find us. If you'd like to connect further, please visit our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast, our Twitter, we underscore believe underscore pod. Or if you have a question you'd like to see answered on a future show, please feel free to email us at thiswebelievepodcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless. (laughs) 